You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. Uh, the book of Exodus is the second book of the Bible, um, Genesis, Exodus. You can find Exodus uh, just before Revelation, just after Genesis. And that would be, uh, yep, only, only a few people laugh at that. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. Makes me feel better when you laugh. Uh, That is Exodus chapter 3, and then sit there for a moment. Um, Oh, that's what I was going to say. I also, I sort of uh, feel the need to apologize that today's sermon will not be Thanksgiving related or uh, giving thanks related. And I was talking to Atreyu about that, and I'm like, oh, Atreyu, you know, I feel bad. He was like, well, that's fine. Have him come on Wednesday. Wednesday we'll do a Thanksgiving. And I was like, yes, you're right. Uh, so come on Wednesday. If you're like, hey, you know, I came here for a Thanksgiving sermon, and that's not what you're doing, I'll say, uh, come on Wednesday, and that's what you'll get. Um, but I was, uh, I've been excited to preach on this. I've been wanting and waiting to preach this sermon for maybe three months now. I think it'll, it, it was a huge encouragement to me uh, when God spoke to me about these things and really uh, worked on my heart about these things, and I've been very excited to speak to God's people about these things. So, uh, uh, by way of introduction, uh, have you ever watched, and, and sorry, have you ever watched uh, a sporting event or a competition and you felt like uh, the competitors were defeated before they started. Have you ever, so maybe I need to repeat it, have you ever watched a, a, a sporting competition or maybe singing competition, what, whatever, whatever. The competitors, somebody was defeated before the game started. You know, and, and, and I, I, can, I can relate to that. Uh, I, I, I don't think I need to give a story, but I can relate to that. I've been there. I played I played um, softball, not baseball, softball in my life, and uh, I, don't, I don't get, by the way, mom is probably watching, I don't get how I could not injure myself, at, well, you know, baseball is too scary, you might injure yourself, so play softball. <laughs> I don't get the logic, even, even as a 30-year-old, huh? The ball is softer? No, it's not. It's bigger. <laughs> not softer. <laughs> bigger. <laughs> But anyhow, uh, I, I, I've, been to, I've seen sporting events and games and where people were defeated before they started. Um, and th- these thoughts and voices and ideas can easily creep into people's minds, and they are unexpected and uninvited. Thoughts of, of being defeated. We've never beat them before. We'll never beat them again. Thoughts of, well, last time we played, they, they destroyed us. They smoked, they smoked us. There's no way. You know, and this is kind of the place where I could, I could relate to a little bit. But today, with the Word of God and, and the Holy Spirit, of course, helping me, I want to speak on, on, on the idea or the topic of the voice of inadequacy, and that's versus the voice of sufficiency. There is a voice of inadequacy saying you can't, you won't, you never have. And that's where I'm getting where these sports figures were being defeated 
before the whistle blew, before we started. And there's, there's a voice of supremacy, sufficiency, excuse me. Well, he is supremacy, the supremacy. There is a voice of sufficiency that says something else. That's what I want to speak on this morning. First, to understand this message, uh, let's give a little bit of a basis on those two words, uh, just so we're all clear. Uh, first of all, inadequacy, uh, Brother Derek, I have a slide for that. First of all, inadequacy is not good enough for the purpose. You're unsuitable, not sufficient for the purpose, or not enough. Now, I, I'm not going to have people raise their hands, but I wonder, <laughs> wonder if anybody this morning says, <laughs> excuse me, says, Ryan, <coughs> excuse me, says, Ryan, this is where I'm at this morning. <laughs> excuse me. Thank you. Says, Ryan, struggling. Excuse me. <clears throat> Having a hard time. And Sorry. And just, sorry. Um, just feeling. <clears throat> See, this is where. This is where the sermon really touched my heart, so excuse me. Just feeling, feelings of inadequacy. Just feeling, not feeling enough. Then, <coughs> excuse me, I wasn't expecting to feel like this, but God's touched my heart. I've been waiting for like three months to preach this. Then there's sufficiency. And that's basically just the opposite. Adequate to your purpose. Being adequate. Being enough. Or you could say, for, for, for in, inadequacy, you could say not being enough. Sufficiency, you could say being enough. Being adequate. You know, and things like that. So the message really today, and I, I, sometimes I don't, I don't want to get too far ahead. The message today, I think the take home is, are we listening to the voice of inadequacy or the voice of sufficiency? There is a voice of inadequacy, and I think we know that voice very well. There, there is a voice that tells us, excuse me, that tells us we can't, and we won't win, and we won't succeed ever. I've, I've, I mean, I've had a, uh, I've had a, a, a past with addiction myself, and I would wake up morning, 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 morning. I, I was defeated before I started. I was. I was defeated before my feet hit the ground to start the day. I was defeated. And there was a voice of inadequacy saying, Ryan, you will always be addicted. You will always have this issue. This will never leave. I've had that. I had that in the past, and that past was probably about 20 years. You think, how is that possible, Ryan? You're, you know, you're 30. Just trust me. I had that voice for about 20 years saying, you are not adequate to defeat this, to defeat this problem. I struggled for a long time, excuse me. There are many Bible examples of people who said, God, I am inadequate for the purpose that you've called me to do. We're going to look at two of them this morning. I'll give you some examples. God comes to a man named Moses, and that's where we are in Exodus. That's why we're here in Exodus. God comes to a man named Moses, said, Moses, I want you to take my people out of slavery and into the promised land. So I think this is, uh, uh, many people know this, but not everyone. So just be reminded. Uh, there were 
400 years of slavery that the Israelite people, God's people, were in slavery for 400 years. And by the way, a, a, another thing I want to remind is this is the, the people in numbers is in the millions. Uh, so when, when, Mo, when God said, Moses, take my people out of Egypt, we weren't talking a couple hundred people like in this room. We're talking millions of people. That's the weight of the, the issue. So uh, in Exodus 3, verse 10, so you have your Bibles out, Exodus 3, verse 10. The Bible says, Come now, therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. God says, Moses, I've got a plan. I've got a thing that we're going to do. You know, here's what we're going to do. I want you to take my people, get them out of slavery, get them out of Egypt, go talk to Pharaoh first, and let's, you know, let's do it. And I get, I get really excited when I read that. God, so this is the burning bush. If you, if, if you know your, your, your Bible, this is the burning bush. And God said, Moses, you know, let's do it. Let's get these people out of Egypt. Then, here's what Moses said. Here's his reaction. Really exciting. Exodus 4, verse 1. So go in your Bible. You were in Exodus 3. Exodus chapter 4. Verse 1, here's what Moses said to what God said. Moses answered and said, But behold, they will not believe me, nor hearken to my voice, for they will say, The Lord has not appeared unto thee. What? <laughs> so, again, so remember in Exodus chapter 3, what we, what we just read, God was speaking to Moses out loud you know, verbally, that he could hear. It wasn't, this wasn't a voice in Moses' head. This was a verbal voice of the Almighty God saying, Moses, I want you to do this. You can do it. And Moses gave three excuses in Exodus 4, verse 1. He said, I've got excuse, three excuses here. And I feel like, uh, I was like, I was trying to not get into teacher mode when I was preparing this sermon. But here's a little bit of teacher mode. Exodus 4.1, excuse number one, but behold, they will not believe me. They won't believe me. Excuse number two, they will not hearken to my voice. They won't listen to me. And excuse number three, they will say the Lord has not appeared to you. The Lord hasn't appeared to thee. All found in verse one. Moses, God said, Moses, here's what I want you to do. Let's do it. Moses says, I can't. Here's why. Three reasons. Here's why. Ooh. You know, the voice of inadequacy or the voice of sufficiency? Being inadequate, they won't believe me. They won't listen to me. And they will say, God hasn't appeared to you. Voice of inadequacy. In Moses' life, in Moses' heart. Let's continue. Moses gives three excuses to God. Here's why I can't do it. Then God gives three miracles for each excuse. Exodus 4, 2. And the Lord said unto him, What is it, nine hand? And he said, A rod. And he said, Cast it on the ground. Throw that rod on the ground. He cast it on the ground. It became a snake, a serpent. And Moses fled before it, verse 4. And the Lord said unto Moses, Put forth thine hand and take it by the tail. And, and he put forth his hand, he caught it, 
and it became a rod in his hand. Verse 5, that they may believe that the Lord God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, has appeared unto thee. And the Lord said furthermore unto him. So that was miracle number one. Here's miracle number two. We're in verse six. Put now thine hand into thy bosom. And he put his hand into his bosom. And when he took it out, behold, his hand was leprous as snow. And he said, put thy hand back into thy bosom again. And he put his hand into his bosom again and plucked it out of his bosom. And behold, it turned again to his other flesh. That's miracle number two. In verse eight, and it shall come to pass if they will not believe thee, neither hearken to the voice of the first sign, that they will believe the voice of the second sign. If they won't believe the first miracle, they will believe the second. Verse nine, and it shall come to pass if thou will not believe also these two, neither hearken unto thy voice, that thou shalt take water into the river. Here's miracle number three. Thou shalt take water into the river and pour it on the dry land. And the water which thou taken out of the river shall become blood in the dry land. And you can stop right there. This was pretty cool to me when I was reading Exodus chapter 4. God kind of showed this to me. This is something that's always been hidden in plain sight maybe. And that is that Moses gives three excuses and God gives three miracles. For each excuse... He said, you gave three excuses, and for each excuse, I have, a, I have a way of protection. I have a way to get past it. I have a way to win. I, I, look, you gave excuse one, well, I have miracle one. And you gave excuse two, and I have miracle two, and so on. And I thought, that was awesome. I was like, that's great. Now I'm pumped up again. I'm like, yeah, we can do it. Yes. I'm really excited. Now, what is, now what is, I'm like, so I'm sure Moses is like, let's do it. Exodus 4, verse 10. Moses said unto the Lord, oh, my Lord. And he gives three more excuses. Excuse number one, I am not eloquent. Neither heretofore nor since hast thou spoken unto thy servant. What he says right there, I have never been. He says, first of all, oh, my Lord, I am not eloquent. And then he says, I've never been eloquent. But I am of slow speech and of a slow tongue. Moses gives three more excuses. He says, so Exodus 3, God says, hey, Moses, you know, let's do this. Let's get our people out of Egypt. Moses says, I can't do it because of these three reasons. God says, yes, you can because of these three reasons. And then Moses says, no, I can't for these three reasons. I'm reading this. And I'm like, Moses, you're killing me. Like, come on, man. Like, are you kidding me? Like, Moses, wake up, you silly goose. Like, I don't, come on. And, and <laughs> excuse me, whew. And God said, Ryan, when are you like Moses? And I said, God, all the time. <laughs> Excuse me? Sorry. I wasn't expecting to have this difficult of a time. But, excuse me. But God spoke to my heart. Excuse me. I see myself. Um, excuse me. 
I see myself when I read Moses. <coughs> Excuse me. And, and, <clears throat> and God says, Ryan, I've been teaching you for the last 30 years what the Bible already says. And then I still give an excuse of why, why I can't do it. You know, I, excuse me, I can't, I, I can't be in the high school. I think God should send someone else. And I, excuse me. <coughs> oh, man, it's been a while since I've had this hard of a time. Excuse me. Just having those feelings of inadequacy and then believing them has really been a problem. And, and I'm happy that God gave me this verse and this sermon to help me. So excuse me. But anyway, I see myself when I read Moses. And, I see, and I'm like, Moses, come on. And then God says, Ryan, come on. Don't you know? And I'm like, yeah, but. And he's, and so you sound like Moses. You sound like Moses just giving excuses of why you are inadequate. And I said, God, but I am inadequate. And I said, but God says, but I am adequate. I am sufficient. And I said, I know, but. And God says, stop. I am sufficient and adequate. And I'm like, but. <laughs> And we just go back and forth. So please excuse me. I'm, I'm, doing, I'm doing the best I can. Sometimes it's awkward to watch someone just have a hard time. So some Bible scholars, to get back to Moses, some Bible scholars and philosophers believe that Moses really did have a speech impediment. He had a speech problem, a problem with his tongue. And he said, God, you called me to do something, but I can't. And here's why. God, so then Moses gave six excuses. He gave three. God gave three miracles. And then he gave another three. He gave six excuses. Here's why. I like what God has to say after. Uh, go to verse 11. And the Lord said unto him, who made your mouth? I did. <laughs> you know, I, I, still, the Lord said unto him, who has made man's mouth? Who makes the dumb and the deaf and the seeing and the blind? Have I, is it not me? Verse 12, now therefore, because of this, go, and I will be with thy mouth and teach thee what to say. I'll be with you. Now go. And finally, we'll, we will, excuse me, read the last verse, and that is verse 13. And Moses, he said, Moses said, O oh my Lord, Send, I pray thee, by the hand of him whom thou wilt send. Now, this is, again, maybe not something that you understand just by reading it once or twice. But Moses says, oh, my Lord, send someone else. I'm like, really? And I'm like, yep, I've been there too. Oh, my Lord, send someone else. You know, uh, Oh my, I'm like, to pastor a church, to be an assistant pastor of a church, I'm like, yeah, I want to, but oh my Lord, send someone else. I don't know if I can. 
You know, oh my Lord, send someone else to the school or your job. You're the place where you are, are witnessing, the place where you are being a light to Christ, for Christ, excuse me. Do you, don't you ever think, can someone relate to me for a moment and say, oh my Lord, send someone else. Thank you. Thank you, my friends. I, I mean, these feelings of just inadequacy. Can't do it. Not, I, haven't been, I haven't been taught enough and learned enough. Ryan's like, excuse me, God is like, Ryan, it's been 30 years that you've been taught. And I'm like, <laughs> haven't been taught enough. You know, I, I mean, really? Come on. So that's, that's where we'll end. When Moses says, I can't do it, send someone else. And we know that Moses did do it. We know, I, I mean, you know in, in Exodus, continue to read, Moses did. But here's a place where Moses believed much more in the voice of inadequacy than God's voice of sufficiency. God says, I am sufficient. I'll give you three miracles. Moses says, can't do it, my tongue. God says, I made your tongue. I'm the one that made that. I will be with your speech. Now go. And Moses says, Lord, send someone else. That's what we read. So, this, I mean, this is, man, I see myself in Moses. I just can't get past that. Let's continue to, uh, to someone else. If you have your Bible, can you turn to Judges, please? Judges chapter 6. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. Judges. Deuteronomy. <laughs> Seeing if other people were listening. Joshua, Judges, Ruth. There we go. In Judges chapter 6. So there was one example of a Bible person that says, I am inadequate. That was one example. And again, I, I'm, I'm trying not to be emotional or be affected. I'm trying, I'm trying my best here. But God has really touched my heart and changed my heart in dealing with this. So the second one is, is a man named Gideon. And actually, Pastor Jesse mentioned this just last week. Judges chapter 6, verse 1, we will read just verse 1. The children of Israel did, did evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord delivered them unto the hand of the Midianites seven years. So just stop right there. The children of Israel did bad and did evil, and the Lord said, okay, you want to worship the gods of the Midianites, then I will just hand you right to them, basically, basically. So uh, then uh, in Judges 6, verse 12, so there's our problem. Judges 6, 1 is our problem. Judges 6, 12. Go to Judges 6, 12. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him. So this is, um, excuse me, uh, 11, verse 11, I'm sorry. Judges 6, 11. And there came an angel of the Lord that sat under the oak, which was in Orpha, that pertained unto Joash, the Aborizite, my brother, however you say his name. And his son Gideon threshed wheat by the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. So just, just so we understand, 
a guy named Gideon was threshing or, or harvesting or, or cutting wheat, um, cutting wheat uh, by the wine press to hide it from the oppression of the Midianites. Here's what's going on. Verse 12, And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him, unto Gideon, and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. Let's stop right there. Because again, when I'm reading this, you know what I'm thinking. You know, if let's just for a moment, give, just, just give pause. And what would be going through your mind? And I'm, I'm trying to look at all the men. 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 What would be going through your mind if God, in a voice audibly that you could hear, said, get up and get to work, you mighty man of valor. I'm, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yes. I'm like, what needs done? That, I think that was like my first reaction. God says, God says, get in, get up, and, and, and you know, I'm with you, you mighty man of valor. And I, I'm like, yeah, mighty man of valor. And, uh, and God can never lie. It's impossible. You know, I am ready to tackle whatever needs done. Verse 13, and Gideon said unto him, O my Lord, if the Lord be with us, if you're actually with us, then why is all of this befallen us? Why has everything happened? And where be all the miracles which our fathers told us, saying, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. There was a voice of sufficiency saying, get up, I am the Lord, get up, you mighty man of valor. And a voice of inadequacy saying, where have you been? And I can't do it. Can't do it. You see that, I think you can clearly see the two voices. Verse 14, and the Lord looked upon him and said, go in this thy might, that thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent thee? said, get up, it's, it's time to go. I'm, I'm sending you, you know, get up and take my people out of this oppression from the Midianites. Verse 15. Here's come some excuses. He said unto him, Gideon said, O my Lord, wherewithal shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. Here we are given two more excuses. Well, three, actually. Oh, my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? How am I going to do it? Excuse number one. Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh. Excuse number two. Has that, has that ever been an excuse for somebody here? God, why are you calling on me? I'm poor. I think somebody that can relate to that very well is Pastor Jesse. If you ever hear his testimony, I'm not putting him down. I'm, I, I, honestly, I'm saying uh, he, he was, uh, his family grew up pretty poor. And, and God could have said, now, Jesse, I want to take you and do a great work in Elk Point, South Dakota. And Jesse could say, but God, we're poor. Has that ever been an excuse? And thirdly, I am the least in my father's house. I thought, I assumed I knew what this was, and my assumption was correct, so I texted Clarence Williams, 
and uh, my assumption was correct. When he says I'm the least in my father's house, he means I'm the youngest. So again, he's like, I'm, I'm the youngest. I mean, ask someone else. Ask my older brother. Ask someone else. I, I, I am the least. When it comes to the, uh, let's give a name, when it comes to the Austin family, I'm the youngest. I'm the least. I'm the lowest on the totem pole. The, you know, Jesse had a bunch of sons, and David was the youngest. He said, I'm the, I'm the, I'm the youngest. I'm the least. Why are you asking me? There is a voice of inadequacy and a voice of sufficiency saying, yes, you can. And then Gideon says, no, I can't. I'm poor and I'm young, is what he says here. I'm poor and I'm young. There are multiple examples of people being defeated before anything ever begins in our Bible. There's, there's examples in the New Testament that we won't uh, talk about. There's examples all over the place where people say, God can't, can't do it, and here's why. I'll give you, I'll, I, mean, I mean, obviously, I can't. God says, I'm with you, and they say, can't do it. They believed in the voice of their inadequacy instead of the voice of the sufficiency. So what will you do when the voice of inadequacy is loud in your head? I think oftentimes it is. Well, I, I mean, a very simple answer. You must listen to the voice of sufficiency and then believe it. See, these people, Moses and Gideon, listened to the voice of sufficiency but did not believe it. For us, God does not speak out loud to us, but he has spoken in many, 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 many pages of our Bible saying, you can and then we say, no, I can't. I, <laughs> I can't. I'm poor. I'm young. I'm, I'm my speech, my tongue, people won't believe me. There's no way. I can't. You must listen to the voice of sufficiency that's already in your Bible. But secondly, you must believe it. It's one thing to read it, and then it's one thing to believe it to take it, to, to hold it and say, but God said this. Well, and then this might be coming out from outside of us. Someone might tell us, you can't be a firefighter. There's no way. But there is a voice of sufficiency that says, Christian, I've called you to do this. Yes, you can. We must, we must, sorry, that was an example. We must rely on what God has already told us. And then believe it. Believe it. So to give some examples, uh, excuse me, I got a little ahead. You have to choose the voice of sufficiency over the voice of inadequacy. Coming to church on Sunday, can I just speak personally as, as Ryan? Coming to church on Sunday helps me grow because I hear the voice of sufficiency. When you are here this morning, in our connection group, in our, we are hearing the voice of God's sufficiency. Next Sunday, when we meet again on, on 11 a.m., we will hear what God has already said in his voice of his sufficiency. The reason, there are many reasons to come to church, to enjoy coming to church. But man, when I miss church, I just, those feelings of inadequacy just grow. Can't do it. 
But when I continue to go to church and I understand, wow, God is all-knowing. Wow, God is all-powerful. And this God is living within me. Man, he is sufficient. It's not because I am sufficient. It's because he is sufficient. And if this God is living within me, oh my goodness, I think I, I think I can. I think I can do it. Only because God. Really, the, and, I, and I come to that conclusion Sunday after Sunday after Wednesday after Wednesday after Sunday after Sunday and so on. When I listen to God's sufficiency and not my, not my inadequacy. Coming to church helps you listen. Is your Bible reading, your prayer life. Some of you might wonder, why does this voice of inadequacy dominate me on the daily I would ask to you, where, how much, and where do you take in the voice of sufficiency? I take, in, I, I, I take in the voice of sufficiency at church, and I take it in in my Bible reading, and I take it in in my prayer life, and I'm, I'm still loading myself up with God's sufficient word. My inadequacy seems to be pretty small against what God has done and what he has said. So you might be sitting here this morning saying, I mean, you don't understand. The voice of inadequacy dominates me. It's incredibly loud. And I'm saying, but listen, there's a voice of sufficiency. But listen, but not only listen, what are you taking in? It's like, well, I haven't read my Bible in months. Yeah, you're not taking in the voice of sufficiency. Well, I haven't been to church in months. Well, you're not taking in the voice of sufficiency. Okay? I, I think we're all adults here. You understand what I'm saying. What are you taking in? By the way, one I thought of when I was just getting dressed this morning is the music I listen to. There's wonderful music that says who God is, what God is, how he is all-powerful, and I am not. And there is a voice of sufficiency in our music that I like to take in. Or have I been listening to the voices of inadequacy? Something about dirt roads, a truck, and drinking alcohol. <laughs> I'm not a huge fan of country music. So, sorry, sorry. I am saved. Not a huge fan. But, I mean, you know what I mean. What am I taking in, or listening to a pop song about a woman cheating on me? What am I taking in? I'm like, of course you don't feel sufficient. Of course you, as a Christian, don't feel like you can do it. I, I mean, that doesn't take much for me to understand. But it is when we take in the sufficiency. I, am I saying you must listen to only gospel music at all times? I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it's what we take in. It's what we take in. Can really make a difference on how we feel in our inadequacy and our sufficiency. I will continue. I think I've hit that pretty hard. The voice of inadequacy says, inadequacy says, you can't do it. You can't win. You can't give any more. You can't give any more to missions. You can't listen to the voice of sufficiency when it says, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. 
the voice of inadequacy says, God has left you. And by the way, he was never with you in the first place. He left you. He doesn't want any part to do with you. You know how bad you are. You know the thoughts that you've done, the actions that you've done, and God has left you. But there's a voice of sufficiency that says, I, have, I will never leave you. <laughs> excuse me. And, excuse me. And I will never forsake you. So what voice are we going to believe here? You know, I understand the feeling of loneliness. I understand that. But God says, I haven't left you. Well, even when I'm really, really, really messed up, God says, nope, still haven't left you. I'm not going to. I've got you in my hand. I will never let you go. There is a voice of sufficiency that says, I will never leave you. Then uh, the voice of inadequacy, uh, excuse me, it may not be the voice of inadequacy, but it may be your job, your family, your situation, or the task that is in front of you that is making you feel inadequate. It may not be only the voice, but it may be those around us, the, the Jericho walls that are in front of our face. How am I supposed to tackle this? How am I supposed to do this? What am I ever going to do? It may be the situation in your life. And in Psalm 61, verse 2, it says, uh, excuse me, when my heart is overwhelmed, uh, excuse me, um, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. There's these feelings that I understand them of I can't and I don't know how I'm going to. There's no way I can succeed. When my heart is overwhelmed, there's a voice of sufficiency that says, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. We must learn to turn to the voice of sufficiency that's always been in our lap but that we don't use it, then we don't believe it. I just want to plead with you, please, listen to what, what some of you already know. I already know that he'll never leave me or forsake me. Then why? Then believe it. It may be the things around you making you feel this way, but when my heart's overwhelmed, um, I will go to the rock that is higher than I. Let me finish with one more. I will finish with one more. Uh, in life, you will be told that you can't. I mean, uh, you can give examples after examples. You can't, you can't do it. There's no way you will succeed. But this is uh, Atreyu's favorite verse. It's Isaiah 41, verse 10. <coughs> Excuse me. And this has become a favorite in my life, um, too. I, I didn't know this verse very well until I came to church here. But when we feel inadequate, and some of you need to take this verse home, put it on your fridge, put it on your heart. It says, fear thou not, for I am with thee, and don't be dismayed, for I am thy God, I will strengthen thee. Where's my excuses? I will strengthen thee. I will help thee. I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. I want you, excuse me, I want you to combat every excuse 
with each verse, each sentence of this verse. Here's my excuse. Here's what God said. I am thy God. Here's my excuse. I, I, here's my insufficiencies. God, you made me this way. Here's why I can, because he will uphold me with the right hand of his righteousness. You must take this verse home and, and put it on your heart, put it on your fridge, whatever that may be, and remember. I want to finish with a story. It'll, it'll be quick uh, with a story. So, I, And also, I want to thank this church. I, I've never done this. I want to thank this church for allowing me uh, to preach. I preach every third Sunday uh, in a church in Hornet called German City uh, Church. It's a church of about 10 people. On a good day, it's 10 people. And I want to thank you personally, everybody in this room, that first of all, pastor has the vision to help other churches. And then you guys are, are on board with that vision. And I want to thank you for that. And I preached, you know, I, 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 like I said, I've been excited to preach this sermon. It's been on my heart for three months. I was able to preach this sermon in German City just a month ago the third Sunday of the month, a month ago. And uh, I'll, finish, I'll finish with this. Something that, that you may know or you may not know is the pastor of German City, his name is Pastor Paul. He had a stroke about a year ago, and, and nothing's been the same ever since. And I preached this sermon, and I got done. I hit my conclusion, and then we were going downstairs to to eat food together. That's what we do. And Pastor Paul is just, um, excuse me, um, just in tears. And I come up to him and I'm like, oh boy, you know, who died? You know, what's wrong? And he just said, Ryan, uh, ever since my stroke, I've been telling God no. Excuse me. I knew this story would be difficult. I think it's worth I've been telling God, no, I can't do it. I've never been the same since my stroke. My voice doesn't function the same. My mouth doesn't. He doesn't walk the same. He'll be preaching a sermon and he forgot what he was preaching on and where he was just in a moment. And he says, Ryan, I've been telling God, no, I can't do it. But the Holy Spirit was talking to Pastor Paul and telling him that there's a voice of sufficiency, um, excuse me, to listen to. Pastor Paul, there's a voice of sufficiency that's saying, did I not create you? Am I not the one that made your mouth and made you to walk? Am I not the one that made your brain and, yes, you had a stroke, but that's, that's no surprise to the God of all things. And God just spoke to Pastor Paul and said, I'm with you. I haven't left. You need to start believing my voice of sufficiency over your feelings and belief that you are inadequate. And, you know, it went from him preaching one, one Sunday a month to two Sundays a month to three Sundays a month and so on. And I think really today he's back in the full capacity as he used to be, pre-stroke. And I want to leave you really with that story. There was one man in the church in German City that really got it. 
And when we were driving home, I told Abby, I said, Abby, if only Pastor Paul got that message. Oh, my goodness, was it worth it? And that's why I want to say thank you to this church for allowing me to speak at, in other places. And by the way, I'll be, I'll be gone next Sunday. <laughs> I'll be in Arlington, South Dakota, about two hours north near Brookings. But there's a voice of sufficiency that we must listen to this week. And um, I really think, I, really think uh, I need to finish right there. I think that's all God has for me to say. Um, again, I'm, I do not, um, none of my emotions is for show. It's just because God is working on me. I try, to, I try to keep them at bay the best I can. I know sometimes it can be weird or, or awkward, whatever. But it's also good to know that God's working on the preacher's heart, you know, so God can work on the people's heart too. <laughs>